anything but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Thanks for joining us today. This is the Hour of Intercession. I'm Pastor Joseph Parker. We invite you to look with us in the Word of God in the book of 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 3, beginning at verse 1. But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God having a form of godliness but denying its power. And from such people, turn away. For of this sort are those who creep into households and make captives of gullible women loaded down with sins, led away by various lusts, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now as Johnny's and Jambres resisted Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds disapproved concerning the faith. But they will progress no further, for their folly will be manifest to all, as theirs also was. But you have carefully followed my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering love, perseverance, persecutions, afflictions, which happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra. What persecutions I endured, and out of them all the Lord delivered me. Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution." But evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Verses 1 through 17, all of 2 Timothy chapter 3. Father, thank you once again for the privilege of being able to come to you in prayer at this time. Thank you for your Holy Spirit that guides us and empowers in our prayer life. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for the privilege of being able to be students of your word. Thank you for the wonderful gift of your word that saves us, heals us, guides us, counsels us, encourages us, directs our steps, and does so, so much more. Father, more and more with every passing day, help us to fall more in love with you and with your word and empower us to become much more faithful hearers and doers of your word as well. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. We do pray. Amen. Thank you again for listening to the Hour of Intercession. Our producer is Jason Tross. Jason is going to lead us in a word of prayer at this time. Thank you, Lord, for a new day, Father. I pray that uh, your anointing, your Holy Spirit, Father God, will be all over this program today, Father. And I ask that uh, we will understand the importance of adhering to your word, Father God, and that it is for our good, that it is a blessing to us. And I ask that you will cause us to fall in love with your precepts and your statutes, Father, as David did, Father. I ask that uh, that would be our portion on today. Give us ears to hear, Father, and uh, prepare our hearts and minds for what you have for us, that the enemy will not be able to snatch or rob us 
of the truth that you have for us on today. Give you praise, glory, and honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Jason. And thank you again for listening to the Hour of Intercession. We are very honored to have with us in studio today. Uh, it's been a little while, but we're grateful to have him back. M.D. Perkins, and he's the he works with American Family Studios, but also he's a prolific author as well. He's written a book entitled Dangerous Affirmation. M.D., good to have you with us today. Thank you, Joseph. Good as always. All right. Great to have you once again. And uh, M.D., I'm going to ask if you'll take a moment just to a little bit more introduce yourself to our listeners and then we're going to get into talking about the book, Dangerous Affirmation, and the message behind it. Yeah. Well, uh, some listeners may be familiar with the the documentaries that American Family Association has produced, uh, The God Who Speaks and In His Image, Delighting in God's Plan for Gender and Sexuality. And both of those projects were ones I was involved in. Uh, I was director and producer of The God Who Speaks, and I was just a producer on In His Image, which meant I was involved in a lot of the, the research and details of logistics and, and some of the filming behind that. So um, those are part of my everyday work here at AFA is involved with uh, American Family Studios. But something else that I've taken on kind of because of the documentary work, I've become more of a researcher. And so um, AFA gave me the title of Research Fellow of Church and Culture um, to help, um, you know, I guess legitimize part of that that research effort. And uh, and so that's all, all of that research is kind of behind the book Dangerous Affirmation and Threat of Gay Christianity that we'll be talking about some today. Um, so that's that's who I am. That's where I come from, and uh, and that's that's my role here at AFA. Okay. Okay, well, again, good to have you with us today. And we're going to be talking about your book, Dangerous Affirmation. And so before we get into it, you know, the, a foundational scripture, of course, we read Second uh, Timothy chapter 3 a few moments mm-hmm. ago. We're going to read Romans chapter 1 as well, which also, too, is a foundational passage that helps to speak to and address a number of the issues that I expect we'll be addressing today as well. So Romans chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. <coughs> Paul, a bondservant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated to the gospel of God, which he promised before through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures concerning his son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who was born of the seed of David according to the flesh and declared to be the Son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. Through him we have received grace and and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name, among whom you also are the called of Jesus Christ. To all who are in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all, that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers, making request if, by some means, now at last I may find a way in the will of God to come to you. For I long to see you, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift, so that you may be established, that is, that I may be encouraged together with you by the mutual faith both of you and me. Now I I do not want you to be unaware, brethren, that I often that I often planned to come to you, but was hindered until now, that I might have some fruit among you also, just as among the other Gentiles. I am a debtor both to Greeks and to barbarians, 
to wise and to unwise. So as much as is in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation to every, for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness, because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse, because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man, and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. Therefore God also gave them up to uncleanness in the lusts of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves, who exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the Creator who is blessed forevermore. Amen. For this reason God gave them up to vile passions, for even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust for one another, men with men committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error which was due. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to be excuse me, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting, being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil mindedness. They are whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful, who knowing the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice such things are deserving of death, but deserving of death, not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. Father, again, we thank you for your word. Thank you for all of our those that are listening today. Father, anoint the minds, ears, heart, and understanding of each of us with a mighty, 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 mighty anointing so that we all will be abundantly receptive to your word and your will and your spirit and all that you desire to say to us for your word and through this broadcast today. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Yeah. Well, again, our guest in studio is M.D. Perkins, the author of Dangerous Affirmation. M.D., would you just introduce us to the overall topic of the book, Dangerous Affirmation? Yeah, Dangerous Affirmation, The Threat of Gay Christianity, was written to help Christians think biblically about homosexuality and to understand how the LGBT movement is impacting the church. There's a number of ways that that, that, that movement has impacted the church in terms of theology, in terms of biblical interpretation, in terms of church practice and, and expectations within a, within a local church body, uh, in terms of its impacted identity, both personal identity and group identity, and then the overall 
overall movement to try and shape and fashion LGBT activists and allies within the Christian church. And so that's, you know, the gay Christian movement, uh, gay Christianity, as I'm calling it in the book, is this overall movement to reconcile the Christian faith with homosexuality. And, um, you know, to, to try and make two things that are incompatible somehow harmonious with each other, to somehow make make these two things uh, that were at odds now um, now reconciled together. And um, so, you know, that's I, I gave you a very brief kind of overview of, of the book there, but that's um, that's what the book is about. And uh, and that's that's why I wrote it. OK, well, if listeners are interested in getting a copy of the book, Dangerous Affirmation, uh, tell them how they could do that. Yeah, please go to dangerousaffirmation.net, dangerousaffirmation.net. Uh, that'll connect you to the AFA Resource Center. This book is not available uh, on Amazon or any of your other main book buying outlets. So uh, so this is the only place you can get it, dangerousaffirmation.net. Okay. All right. And uh, just uh, kind of a classic question, who do you think really needs to read this book? Well, this book was written certainly for Christians who are um, confused or have questions or feel like they need to be built up and equipped to answer some of these challenges that they're seeing either in their church at a denominational level or just in their own personal lives because they're having interactions with family members, with coworkers or loved ones, and they want to be able to offer good, solid, biblically, biblically defined answers to these challenges coming to us. Okay. Well, thank you, MD. You know, one thing I think that is a very important truth for us all as believers to be mindful of is that, you know, in Psalm 119, verse 105, it says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And foundational to really every issue and concern is the fact that God has called us as his people to be diligent students of his word. Believers read and meditate on the word of God as a life and a lifestyle, something that we do getting into the word of God every single day which provides a strong foundation of what's right, what's wrong, what honors God, yeah. what doesn't honor God, and a guidebook that guides us to know the will of God and how to live it out. And so so fundamentally important for every believer is be sure you're grounded in God's Word because that's Amen. how it, that's how we stay away from error on a small or even a large scale as well. But we'll pick up and talk more about the book Dangerous Affirmation by M.D. Perkins on the other side. You're listening to the Hour of Intercession. We'll be right back.
The music of Rich Mullins with Sometimes by Step. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. Our in-studio guest today is M.D. Perkins. He works with American Family Studios here at the American Family Association. And he is also an author, and we were talking today about his book, Dangerous Affirmation. And so, M.D., you know, something I think of before we really get into talking about the book is a very important truth for us as believers to keep in mind is that God's Word, again, is a clear guideline to help us know and understand the will of God. And God's, God's Word doesn't change. Yeah. And so it's important for us as believers to understand that His Word doesn't change. And, and there are so many things that just are against the Word and the will of God. And sadly, we live in a world that tries to t- often mix yeah. things that are clearly against the Word and the will of God. I'm reminded of an instance years ago where I met a, uh, an individual who he seemed to think he was a Christian thief. Okay. He— he said, he told me, he said one day, he said, I pray before I steal. Well, you know, I'd never heard that, and I didn't mean to be rude, but I laughed in his face. And I said, what, do you pray that the Lord will help you steal? He said, no, I pray they won't get hurt when I steal. Hmm. Well, that's an example of someone who, again, if he's going to pray before he steals, he's wasting his time. Yeah. God doesn't bless sin, right. and he doesn't compromise with sin. And it's so important that we understand you can't just mix any and everything with your faith because some things line up with the Word of God, and some oppose the Word of God. And so to try to combine the two is wrong any way you look at it. So yeah. so let's get right into talking more about some of the specifics of the message and the mission behind the book, mm-hmm. Dangerous Affirmation. Yeah, well, like I said uh, in the last segment, the, the book was written for Christians to help equip Christians to understand the things that are happening uh, to have a, a right biblical understanding. What does the Bible actually say about homosexuality? Because we're hearing a lot of different things. You know, it, it doesn't take long before, like you said, somebody's going to take some other idea out here and try and mix it in with with Christian language or Christian lingo or some kind of Christian idea and then make it sound like it's it's acceptable, it's acceptable and biblical when in fact it isn't. And so, you know, there's so much of this happening now, especially with this issue of homosexuality, where people are wanting to affirm uh, the behavior, the lifestyle, as well as the identity of uh, of identifying in this way and saying, "Well, I'm a gay Christian," kind of like the your example of the gay thief or the 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 Christian thief, you know, saying, "Well, I just pray before I steal." I mean, people are doing that that same kind of identification uh, mm-hmm. with with homosexuality uh, in a much more uh, in, in a bigger way, really, because um, because society is behind it, you know, mm-hmm. in a way that society isn't behind stealing. You know, there's not, uh, you know, thief pride parades or anything like that where all the thieves that's come out. That's what we out. know of. So. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I wouldn't put it past some people to try and put something like that together. But, you know, as a society, we still generally frown upon stealing and we still see it as something that people shouldn't do. And mm-hmm. it's not something that if someone engages in that, that they should be proud of it but homosexuality is completely different it's something that is being extolled and and exonerated in society and so christians have to be careful and we've got to be mindful and we've got to think very carefully and biblically about this because the challengers are coming uh in places where you wouldn't think of it sometimes you know sometimes it's easy to see 
you know, the, the, the politician who's saying something and you can recognize it as wrong. But what happens when there's a church leader that you maybe you were even helped by their ministry or something that they said, and then they, they say something that's a little vague or, or seems to be uh, moving in this direction that you think doesn't sound biblical? You know, will you just accept that outright? Or will you realize, you know, well, the, the scripture is actually saying something about this. Mm-hmm. And this person is speaking in a way that's counter to what the Bible says. So I need to be careful and uh, discerning when I'm listening to what this person's saying, because it sounds like we're moving in a different direction. Mm. And, you know, Michael, it's so important that we really look at this in the way our culture seeks to do it, because it's tragic how often it's done. Of course, obviously, as we look at the topic of uh, the book, Dangerous Affirmation, mm-hmm. that's a clear area where you see Satan trying to mix falsehood with truth yeah. and to get people to accept it. But, you know, a whole other area in our culture that the same kind of thing is done is when you look at the, the life issue, for example. Yeah. Uh, well, the Bible says you shall not murder. That's yeah. very clear and upfront. Yeah, when you hear people use terms like abortion or reproductive rights, uh, women's health care, mm-hmm. my body, my choice, those sound not quite as upfront, sinful, and wrong right. as murder. Right. Yet sadly, it's now we have people that will stand up and passionately defend the right to murder. Right. Yet that's a, a clear picture, and one other clear picture of the the deception that is in our culture. And so, again, the message of the book Dangerous Affirmation helps us to better understand the same kind of battle that's going on in this area of our culture. Absolutely. And one of the things that you're pointing out there is the way that language is employed and used to either soften or increase the impact or the way that people are hearing certain things. You know, Mm -hmm. So once you move away from even some of those biblical categories and language, you know, when you... You know, you can call it abortion. I mean, technically, that's what we're talking about. You know, we recognize uh, that's the the clinical action that's being performed, but it mm-hmm. is murder. And so, like, to never loosen that, uh, to never lose that kind of biblical uh, understanding of of what is actually happening there. And it, it's the same thing when we come to homosexuality, because even that term homosexuality, you know, that was developed in the 19th century mm-hmm. to move to move away from describing homosexuality as an action that someone performed, you know, sodomy was the word that was used, um, to, to move it away from talking about a specific action to mm-hmm. something that was now internalized. And once it became internalized and you're talking about a sensibility or a feeling or a desire, now you're talking about something that's hard to regulate in terms mm-hmm. of government. And it's hard to say that someone is wrong for feeling a certain way. Mm-hmm. And so people um, – and so that's how – Things began to shift, you know, in, in the early 19th or the late 19th century, early 20th century. And then so when Christians start to take on some of those kinds of, uh, of you know, obviously, like we have to use language that's given to us sometimes. We don't always get to define our own, uh, you know, provide our own language if, if people aren't using acceptable, accepted terms. But at the same time to recognize that language does have a power and that um, that using certain words does um, diminish somebody – does diminish sometimes the impact of what might be said by something. And that oftentimes is intentional in our culture. You know, you just talk about moving from abortion to reproductive rights. Mm-hmm. Well, you're talking about – at one time you were talking about a clinical action being performed in a certain context. Now you're talking about – 
something that sounds good, reproduction, mm-hmm. rights, which is, you know, we want that, mm-hmm. you know. And so now, you know, you, you're moving it further and further away from the nitty-gritty reality of actually what's being described there. And we've seen that time and time again with the way that the LGBT movement has impacted, I mean, not just the church and the way that the church uses some of this language, but the way that society as a whole is willing to have this conversation. Well, and you know, a very important word, I think, in our whole discussion here is is the word discernment, Mm -hmm. to be able to see something for what it really is, to be able to see truth and to see error, to see lies, and to be able to see through that in the way the deceptive nature of our culture is trying to get us to get away from thinking and seeing things as they are. Would you pray for the church as a whole and for individual believers just to really grow in their need to be both rooted in the Word of God and to grow in their discernment in the way they see issues in our culture. Absolutely. Father, in your Word, in uh, in First Peter, you say that we should be sober-minded and be watchful because our enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion <clears throat> seeking someone to devour. And Lord, we, we know that there is a spiritual attack that's constantly happening and we don't see it. And oftentimes, God, we confess that we are ignorant of it and that we are oblivious to it and we're so distracted by other things. But Lord, I pray for your church. I pray for those Christians who are listening right now. I pray for those who who need to be listening right now. Lord, I pray for those uh, here in this room and at AFA, Lord, that you would help us all to be sober-minded and watchful, to be discerning and careful in how we how we hear. Uh, you know, Christ tells us to take heed how we hear and to take heed even what we hear. Lord, so help us all to be diligent and careful in what we hear and to be able to apply your truth rightly to the things that we hear so that we can make right judgments on those things and know how to how to live upon your truth and to apply it to a lost and dying world. Lord, we pray for strength and courage and boldness in all of these things. And it's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. Amen. And Father, I do thank you. Thank you for your church. Thank you for your hand of grace upon the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father, for the leadership of the body, in the body of Christ. And thank you for the opportunity to preach and teach your word in such a way that people will be able to hear and walk in its grace and its wisdom. Father, more and more stir the leadership in the body of Christ to become bold, to bold in their ability to speak the truth in love, but bold enough to speak it because truth is what sets people free. Truth is what heals us. Truth is what helps us in every area of life. Father, more and more move upon us. Raise up bold leaders that will preach and teach your word as we should. And help us to know, Lord, that even on an individual believer, uh, that each of us has a responsibility to know your truth, to read and study the truth of your truths of your word, and to live them and to teach them and to share them with others, to teach them to our children, to live a lifestyle that proclaims the truth before our children as well. And help us to be wise, discerning, and careful to to seek to help them know what's right and what's wrong and what honors you and what doesn't honor you. Thank you for your guidance and your help and your grace to do just that. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. 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 Well, um, along with kind of analyzing just kind of what's going in our culture, how would you say the book really helps believers to move in the right direction? Yeah, well, so obviously there's elements of, of cultural and the, the movement and overall shift. But, you know, I, I didn't want to just write a book that was about things that were going on out there or even just, you know, out there in terms of uh, church denominations or things like that. I wanted I wanted to make sure that everything that I said had a clear biblical 
grounding to it. And so we take time. You know, the second chapter of this book is dealing with all of the all of the objections that you hear from people talking about. Um, well, the the Bible just affirms this, or it doesn't. It doesn't mean what you think it means. You know, Paul didn't understand about uh, the kind of homosexuality that we have now and committed partnerships and these kinds of things. You know, so when Paul said this, if Paul were to write the Bible now, uh, if he were to write those passages in the New Testament now, he would write them differently. Is what we're being told in many places. Uh, but I, I just wanted to to really point Christians back to the Scripture. You know, to go back to. Genesis 1, what, what is the foundation for biblical sexuality? Uh, when we're talking about Sodom and Gomorrah, there's so many questions that people pose about that that try and say that, well, it's not really about uh, homosexuality isn't really even a part of that story, some people are arguing. Um, you know, what about the Levitical law? What about Paul? Well, Jesus never said anything about homosexuality, you know, so how can you say that Jesus, you know, uh, is, isn't affirming, you know? And so these these are the kinds of questions that people are often um, faced with. You know, Christians are often faced with these questions. And if you, it, you know, most people haven't taken the time to really just study and unpack all that. And I can understand that. It takes a lot of time and, and diligent study, but uh, but you can, but the answers are there in the mm-hmm. scripture. And so to, to take Christians back to the Bible on, on a number of those things so that you're equipped to not be taken in by the lies and also able to uh, engage in a more helpful and fruitful way, hopefully, when some of these conversations come up. Mm-hmm. You know, something, uh, MD, that comes to my mind is the fact that sadly, too often in our culture, in our world, religion not only doesn't affirm uh, scripture, religion too often is the enemy mm-hmm. of truth, you know, because mm-hmm. often religion is serving God on my own terms. Yeah. Uh, religion often will say, well, God, I'm going to serve you, but let me tell you, I'm going to make my own rules about how I serve and worship and follow you. And of course, religion does not contain salvation. Religion doesn't get us to heaven. So it's important that we understand we're not to live by religion. We're to live by Jesus Christ and the Word of God. And so the Word of God is what helps us to stay on the the road to righteousness, the road that honors God, and a road that points ultimately to Jesus Christ. And, you know, interesting, too, when people say, well, Jesus didn't speak to the issue. Well, Jesus speaks from Genesis to Revelation. All of that <laughs> yeah. is the wisdom and counsel of Jesus. So, so, yes, he did. He yeah. really did very directly. And he affirmed all of that and said that that was God's truth. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you do have a problem with the Old Testament, you know, then you've got a problem with Jesus, too, because he affirmed it. Exactly. And, and you know, all sin is rebellion against God, and all sin is pride. It's like saying, God, I'm smarter than you. Yeah. I know better than you do what's right and what, what's, what's right, what— what makes me happy, and and of course, it clearly rebels against God in in many many ways. And so, sin is rebellion against God. It's always pride, and always leads to a downfall as well. Yeah. And ultimately, sin will kill you. And yeah. it's important to understand that truth. So, our in studio guest today is M. D. Perkins. He's the author of Dangerous Affirmation. We'll be right back.
music of Phillips, Craig, and Dean with the Revelation song. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. Our in-studio guest today is M.D. Perkins. He's the author of the book, Dangerous Affirmation. And M.D., would you tell our listeners one more time, if they'd like to get a copy of the book, how they can do that? Yeah, please go to dangerousaffirmation.net, dangerousaffirmation.net. The book is not available uh, on any other platforms at this point. You know, it's not you can't go to Amazon or Walmart or somewhere to get it. You've got to go to dangerousaffirmation.net, and that connects to the AFA Resource Center, where we have, of course, lots of other things too, but Dangerous Affirmation is available there. Okay, all right. And, you know, in this last segment, um, I want to ask if you'll uh, take some time to sort of uh, – draws to conclusion of the message of the book. And also, you know, I think of this too, MD. You know, the Word of God tells us the wages of sin is death. Mm. And it's important to know that, you know, God's Word helps us know the Word and the will of God. Yet Scripture also clearly points out that there will be people that think they're on their way to heaven that one day, sadly, will end up in hell. In uh, Matthew chapter 7, starting at verse 21, it says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father in heaven, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. And, you know, MD, that last sentence is very, very mm-hmm. important in us understanding what's going on. When people decide to live live a lawless lifestyle where they make up their own rules, they yeah. do things their way, yet still try to say, well, I am I love Jesus, I just want to do things my way. Well, sadly, one of the reasons why a message like the message of your book is so important is because God and we, the church, don't want people to ultimately be lost. Right. We want them to be saved, to spend eternity with God in heaven, yet sadly there will be many people who are so deceived, they think they're on their way to heaven, but because they chose to live a lawless lifestyle where they rebelled against the word and the will of God, they won't end up in heaven at all, after all. So, But thoughts you want to share about that? Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the book is titled Dangerous Affirmation, The Threat of Gay Christianity. And some people may think, well, that, that sounds really harsh and confrontational. You know, what's dangerous about affirming people? What's, what's the threat of, you know, having— uh, of gay people in the church or something like that and it's like no I'm I'm talking about I'm talking about this movement first of all mm-hmm. that uh, that is overall pushing these these things that are that are errors and that are destructive um, and that are dangerous and part of why it's dangerous is what you just said the spiritual reality behind all of this you know if you redefine sin and you say you know homosexuality is not a sin well now that's not a sin Christ died for now, that's not a sin you need to repent of. Well, mm-hmm. now you're completely fine with God, even though you're living in defiance of what he's revealed, of, of how you should be and how he made you. Mm-hmm. You know, so you know, when we talk about uh, this, the stakes of, of this battle, you know, and the threat that's out there, mm-hmm. you know, there's massive spiritual stakes. It is, it is souls. It is lives who are being affected by this. And then, you know, there's also the implications on children and uh, and the ways in which people are being shaped by the discipleship that they're receiving from the world, from entertainment, from pop culture, from politics, and all of these different, you know, areas of influence. And then sadly, they, they aren't being rooted and grounded in the truth of God's word. So they're not really able to stand firm. And they're also not able to give uh, a, a good foundation even to, to their 
their children and their grandchildren as they as they have influence in their lives in all of these different points. You know, so um, there's so many ways that uh, so many things that I'd like to to mention, but it's just you know. Th- the reason I wrote the book is because at a certain point in the research, I was just really burdened um, over this issue. You know, I, I came into it not fully recognizing the threat that was out there. You know, I thought, well, you know, Christians could, should be a little nicer to people or something like that. I mean, I was holding to the biblical teaching on homosexuality. I still saw it as wrong. But, uh, you know, I wasn't seeing the threat in the same way that once I took a an in-depth, long look at what was happening— it's like no, this is this is really coming after people. This is trying to recruit people to become activists and allies in culture. And you can say, mm-hmm. well, you know, th- that doesn't sound very loving if you're not going to affirm people in this or or have laws that are helping them. It's like no, it's actually destructive for things like the Obergefell decision that that basically you know legalized same sex marriage. Mm-hmm. Why is that destructive? Why is that not loving your neighbor? Well, it's destructive because it now normalizes something. Mm-hmm. Uh, in society that that is very hard to undo in the same way the Roe versus Wade decision normalized abortion, you know, to where people could expect it. It became a talking point, something to debate rather than something to be to, you know, to be fought against and, and you know, outlawed, you know. Mm-hmm. And so like these things, they have implications on society. And then that trickles down to the individual people where someone feels like, well, you know, the government wouldn't steer me wrong here. You know, the the, the government says that this is legal, so therefore it must be good, you know, mm-hmm. where morality is now being shaped by a law or something that happened. And so all of these things are connected together. You can't just say, well, um, I, I don't want to talk about this because that's getting too much into politics. It's like, well, yeah, I mean, it, it ties to politics. It can't it can't help not tying to politics, especially when the issue is being so politicized in our mm-hmm. culture. And there's this overall movement to make homosexuality normal, accepted, and even celebrated. You might remember years ago that the term being used was tolerance. Mm-hmm. Well, tolerance uh, holds this idea that uh, that we might have differing views on this. Mm-hmm. But affirmation, when you say that someone should be affirmed, now you're saying that I have to agree and I have to lend my approval I can't just tolerate a different position. Now mm-hmm. I have to approve myself. And so that's calling for even a greater commitment from people than uh, than even the older term tolerance did. So there's so many ways that this is impacting us as a society and especially as churches. You know, we have to be really careful about how these things are discussed and how we understand it to make sure we are rooted and grounded in Scripture first. And, you know, MD, you touch on so many things that are critically important for us as believers and the church as a whole to understand and to really address. Uh, you know, the, God tells us in his word time and time again the importance of discipling our children mm-hmm. and helping them to come to know his word and his law and to walk in its wisdom and its counsel. And we see a world where, sadly, uh, you see the world has an agenda of discipleship as well. Yep. And the world we use, the media will use uh, individuals, uh, celebrities, people who speak and, and push an agenda that clearly is in rebellion against God's Word, yeah. and we see that very much so as it relates to the LGBTQ agenda. And, you know, what it, part of the need is for the church to really, again, stand on the Word of God, for example. God's Word lets us know we were made male and female. Yeah. There are only two genders. Yeah. There, are, there aren't the LGBTQ plus 
overknown who knows how many they may end right. up with. We need to be wise enough to start with our own children and let our children know that in spite of what you may hear from culture, even from school and others, the fact is God's Word says we were made male and female. There are only two genders. That's what God's Word says. And God's Word is the bottom line. Yet, if we're not bold enough and wise enough to clearly preach and teach the truth, our children may very well hear the the loudest voices in their lives is being the world. And that can have a tragic end. It can, absolutely. And that's, you know, you just get back to the the idea that Christians have to be mindful. We've got to be careful and we've got to be diligent in how we how we think about these things, how we talk about them, how we train our children. Because like you said, you know, even, you know, so I, I describe this overall movement as trying to create activists and allies within the church. But, you know, if that can't happen, you know what they would like is for Christians to just be silent and to mm-hmm. not say anything, to not do anything about it, to not be concerned or feel any any sense of burden or weight or concern at all about this. And that would serve them just fine because that, you know, silence doesn't doesn't offer any opposition or pushback to the to the agendas that are going forward. And so yeah, I mean, sometimes if you if you just sit back with your children, you know, <laughs> there's times where you're like, where did you learn that? You know, mm-hmm. you didn't learn that from me. You know, mm-hmm. well, they learned it from someone. That's and so right. if you're not mindful of, of where some of the influencers are coming from and able to speak into a child's uh, life, you know, and, and be able to offer correction there, you know, training a child up in the way they should go, you know, that mm-hmm. that's, that's the calling of Christian parents. You know, if you're not able to do that, if you're not able to, and sometimes, you know, Joseph, it, the sad thing is some of these things we didn't think that we would have to teach. We didn't have to think that we would have to teach, you know, that, that there's a difference between men and women and God created males and females and that there's, a, there's an innate biological difference there. You know, you just assumed that. Mm-hmm. But now you have to be careful. You have to realize that, no, there's actually a counter narrative that's happening out here and, mm-hmm. uh, and people are being swept up in it. Well, our, uh, MD, our time is about gone here. Though, would you take a moment specifically to pray for parents, Christian parents, to grow in their understanding of the great responsibility of discipling our children in the truths of God's Word? Yes. Father, we thank you so much for the uh, amazing gift it is of children and uh, for how you grow uh, your church even through through uh, through Christian families and Christian homes and Christian discipleship. Lord, I pray that you would lay a particular burden on the hearts and minds of, of Christian men and women who are listening to this, Lord, that, uh, that they would— they would feel, Lord, not a sense of guilt if they have been negligent, but a sense of burden and concern that they would take it with the, with the urgency and the seriousness that it, it demands. And Lord, that you would bless them in that effort. If there's a desire that's, that's stirring up in somebody's heart to, to be more mindful and careful in discipleship of their children, Lord, I pray that you would stir that and fan it into flame by your Holy Spirit. And Lord, give them the tools and resources to help them be able to, to do these things because some people may not feel that they're equipped, but Lord, your, your, your scripture and your spirit are sufficient for us. And then there's a number of other godly resources uh, and, and church uh, activities, Lord, that can help us uh, build each other up and to, to strengthen the next generation, to know you and to fear you. And I pray that that would happen. Amen. And Father, I do thank you and I praise you for every parent listening. Anoint every Christian parent afresh with a fresh anointing of wisdom, courage, and boldness to be bold enough and committed enough to teach their children truth and to help to plant 
deeply plant the written word of God in the minds and the hearts of their children so that they can grow thereby and be rooted in light. We thank and praise you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Well, as we normally do before we end the broadcast, if you're listening today and you've never made the step of asking Jesus Christ to come into your heart as Lord and Savior, today is a great day, a wonderful day to be saved, to receive Christ. In order to make that step, if you would, we invite you to simply pray this prayer with me if you'd like to receive Christ today and receive eternal life and be saved. Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me so much that you came into this world a long time ago. You lived. You died on the cross to pay for my sins. Three days later, you rose up from the dead so that I could be saved. Lord, I confess I've sinned and I've done wrong in many, many ways. Lord, I repent and turn from all the wrong I've done. Forgive me, Lord, for all the wrong things I've done. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. Make me the person you want me to be. Lord, you told us in your word, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Lord, today, I'm calling on your name. Lord, save me. Fill me with your spirit. Help me to follow you faithfully all my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer, we very much are wanting to hear from you. I would like to share with you some literature and resources that are going to help you to begin to grow and grow strong in your new walk with the Lord. My email is joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. Please get in touch with us. We'd like to speak with you. MD, thank you so much again for being with us. Share with our listeners one more time if they want to get a copy of the book, how they can do that. Please go to dangerousaffirmation.net, dangerousaffirmation.net to get a copy of the book, Dangerous Affirmation, The Threat of Gay Christianity. All right, MD, thanks so much for being with us today. Thank you, Joseph. And thank you for being a part of our listening family. Join us again next time for the Hour of Intercession. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast do not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.